Welcome back to the Failing Forward podcast with Niku Loesch. I am your host, as you guys already know, and I'm just so excited to introduce you to our guests today. For those of you that have been following the podcast, really learning about all these conversations about gut health and nutrition and mindset and overcoming depression, anxiety, and you've been like, wait, this girl, she's married to an athlete. Where are the athlete conversations? Well, this is season three where we're bringing the athlete conversations to you, but still keeping it within that scope of failing forward and how to find your best self through trials, tribulations, and adversity that we face. Our wonderful guests today are former NFL players, David Carter and Reggie Walker. Welcome to the podcast, my friends. Hey, what's up? Thanks for having us. Yes, thanks for having us. Of course. So I'll do a quick little bio. Um, Some of you might have known these people, depending on what teams you follow. I myself am a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, but we'll leave that conversation for another day. Uh, David Carter, he's from Los Angeles, born and raised like yours truly. I love that. And he has played for UCLA, which is alma mater, and for the NFL with the Arizona Cardinals, the Chicago Bears, and the Dallas Cowboys. Whoop, whoop, go Cowboys. And then we also have Reggie Walker with us, who went to Kansas State University. I was checking out your highlight reel. Very impressive, my friend. And you played for a lot of teams, too. You played for the Cardinals, Reggie, didn't you? Yes, I did. And the Chargers? Yeah, David and I actually played together in Arizona. Oh, that's amazing. And you had three teams. So you had the Arizona Cardinals, the San Diego Chargers. And the Broncos. And the Denver Broncos. Very cool. I love that. So excited to highlight the other side of the athlete's life, right? Like most people see athletes are like, oh my gosh, these guys are so lucky. They're living that fame life. Like they're in the spotlight. They're doing what they've always dreamt about doing. Like, this is amazing. And they don't realize that athletes are humans too. And humans have feelings. Humans go through adversity. Humans experience things that a lot of people would probably not expect that you guys have experienced, but you know, I want to talk about, I want to talk about that story. I want to peel back the layers of the onion so people can see the human side of Reggie and David. So let's go ahead and start with how you two met. How did this connection start? How did this friendship start off the football field? <laughs> uh, we just, it was my rookie year coming into the league. Reggie had already been in the league, what, one year, two years already at that point? Yeah. Season and I, right there. Yeah, we were just, it, it was just we were both defensive players and then we were, you know, I just saw him and he had kind of like the California accent. And he goes, if you listen to him, he's like, yeah, bro, yeah, yeah, like a skater or something. And I was like, this guy's going to be my friend. <laughs> and then that was it. And then we were friends. It was really <laughs> so. weird. Like we, we just kind of hit it off. Like we just knew each other our whole lives, like off top. And then we have been hanging out since. So <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. I mean, you, like-minded people, like-hearted people attract each other, right? So I love that. So I want to take it all the way back to the beginning because I've been I've been following you guys. I've been trying to learn about your story. I know that you guys, much like me, are very into mental health awareness and destigmatizing the conversation, right? Like especially in athletics and especially in football. Like this is a man's sport, right? Like take it back to ancient barbarians. Like you guys are like the epitome of I'm a man's man. Can you talk easily about mental health with your teammates or what is it like being an athlete dealing with these things, but kind of having to keep them a secret? Let's talk about that experience. Well, as far as mental health goes, it's something that everyone needs to maintain and everyone has uh, mental health struggles from time to time. You don't need to be diagnosed with uh, an ailment, a mental ailment or to 
to have mental health that need to be at the forefront because you know as the mind goes the body follows and being in that type of environment for years it was something that we all knew you know and we talked about it amongst each other like hey man like you, like it, it was it wasn't when we were playing it wasn't as big of a conversation as it is now but even back then it was like hey man like how are you thinking about things how are you going about things how are you processing things like you need to talk to someone like even um when i started even talking about um when i started diving in and helping even seeking therapists like some of the first people who uh passed therapists on to me were former were athletes at the time my my teammates so it was, it's definitely a discussion um and i i think it's a discussion now that i'm glad that it's become um as big as it has been because when you're in a, a real stressful environment, high pressure, high stakes, 100% injury rate, um, you have to be protecting yourself, especially your mind going throughout this process. So um, I think it's come a long way. Yeah, I think one of the scary things about you know NFL in particular, because this is a very high contact, very physical sport, is the moment if you're like, you're at that line of scrimmage and you're about to go. And if you think about the, the fact that you may get injured, that's when the injury happens, right? Like if you let your mind go there, it's almost like you're manifesting the possibility of that happening. Would you agree? Oh, hundred percent. It's, it's, you become very aware that football carries with it a 100% injury rate. They tell you a lot about it when you're in the NFL. Like it's, it's not a if thing, it's a win thing. And, you know, as soon as you're thinking out there about like trying to protect yourself. I mean, well, you got to think how to protect yourself, but when you're thinking about not getting injured and it's, it's literally, that's your time to get out of there because everyone out there is their the mentality to just do the job. You have to be in a very special place, let's say. Oh yeah. You're tapping into that anger and you're tapping into whatever it is that you can. And then if anything's bothering you on the field, like that's when you have to like put it out of your head you can't go out there because it's with, with, with anything other than what's in front of you on your mind, because you will get hurt then. As soon as you hesitate, as soon as you hesitate, that's exactly when you get hurt because someone's going to blow your, running right into your knee and blow your knee out. Right. And so, yeah, there's a lot to it. And then, yeah. 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 So. I mean, you guys are the, some of the fastest human beings on earth, some of the strongest, right? So you think about if you get distracted for a millisecond, like there's that guy that can run 60 and I don't even know, way quick, insanely quick, like a cheetah fast, right? So you're thinking about something for one millisecond and the guy's like taking you right down. You weren't ready for the hit and that's how the injury happens. But I think this is like analogous to the game of life, right? In life, if we're constantly being distracted and thinking about all the other things and not focusing on what is right in front of us, we set ourselves up for the opportunity to be hurt to be disappointed, um, to feel like a failure or to feel like I'm not worthy or I'm not enough because we haven't exercised that muscle, right? In our mind to be fully present. Would you agree? Yeah, I would, I would agree too. That, that, that awareness muscle, you know, that's even something that I feel, um, it, as a human being is one of our superpowers is that we need to focus. I mean, that we need to just like really, uh, sculpt is like our ability to focus of uh, all the things I would say that's like one of the most important things is how well you can focus and just bring awareness to where you're at and what you're doing so you can get the best results of what you're doing it, you know there's a 
there's a, you know, I, I, I talk a lot about the difference between a high school player, a college player, and a professional athlete. And the biggest reason when you look at it is the reason why they're there in the first place, because that reason is so strong that it's, it makes it easier for them to focus and do the things necessary to get the job done to the best of their abilities and give as much energy as possible to getting their jobs done. And because they're, they found that thing and it gave them that ability to focus, they get, they, they have the results on the field. Um, so yeah, that ability to just bring that awareness to what you're doing is, is just key. And then, you know, and to add on to what Reggie's saying is like, you know, any professional coach or, you know, G GM or high school coach, whatever, they'll tell you that, you know, sports are 90% mental, 10% physical, right? And everybody thinks it's the other way around. Like, oh, you got to be out here lifting weights every day and this, that, and the other. And it's like, no, the guys that I've seen some monsters out there who could bench press the world and run faster than a cheetah, like you said, but they'll be out of the, out of the league and, you know, they'll get cut next week. But the guys that last 10 years are the ones who, like Reggie said, you know, they have the mental down. They understand what their strategy is, what their tools are, what their weaknesses are. Like, I'm not going to do this because I don't have those tools. That's an easy way for me to go get hurt, messing around in a space that I don't belong, hesitate, and then someone takes you out. <laughs> and that's just how a lot of it is in life, too, which I, I realize that, too. So go ahead, Reggie. When did you come to that realization, David, in life that the moment you hesitate is a moment that you can get hurt? Oh, it's, well, it's like, look, if you're not prepared, right? If you're, if you're not prepared and you're doing, and you're working in a space, you're trying to do like, like, like you're going into someone else's lane. You don't belong there. Like you're trying to do something that you're not, that you're not prepared for. Like do what you do. And, and do that at its best. And that's what you do on the, on the field. And that's when you don't hesitate because you're doing what you've been trying to do, right? And then in life, it's like, I'm not saying like, don't, don't venture out and try new things, but it's like, you know, do what you're, you're skilled to do. And I don't know, that's what I do when my work in entrepreneurial afterwards. And, you know, after, after football, I had to, you know, I hesitated after football, like, what am I going to do with my life now, right? And, and uh, you know, I had to go back to a lot of it, reading like Reggie's book even really helped me, uh, the, the game within the game, it really helped me to like, I was like, damn, I wish I had this when I was playing, you know, understanding the, the, my tools and my strengths, uh, where my weaknesses are, why do I want to know my weaknesses? So I can develop those and get better and then I can move and I know what to do. I know that, all right, I'm not wasting my time here. And then you mess around and, waste your time doing something that you're not supposed to be doing you wasted what two three years of your life doing something you didn't want to do wow, <laughs> so you can't get that time back 100 percent. Right. that's so. powerful i mean i want to really dive into that the fact that you guys are saying that to be a professional athlete at the highest level on the biggest stage in the world it's only 10 percent about your talent and your craft and the physical aspect that you bring to it, but it's 90% mental. That's insane to think when we see you guys, since the moment that you can start walking, having to develop this skill of being fast, being strong, being quick, being agile, developing these skills to the level where you're the top 0.1% of people. And then when you finally get there, it's like all that work that you did along the way. Well, that's only 10% of your success. If you're going to continue to play longer than what's the average NFL career, two years, 
three years, maybe if you're lucky, right? So it's like you spend your whole life, 18, 20, 22 years trying to get to that stage. And then it could be taken away from you within 24 months. If you're only relying on the talent that you develop to get there and you don't start focusing on that mental muscle, that mindset shift in order to stay there. That's, that's kind of scary. And I could see that leading a lot of guys to fear and, you know, this thought of, am I worthy? Am I enough? And leading them down the road of depression. It's, it's a scary place to be. Well, the thing is just, just, you know, from college, from college and especially on a professional level, especially on a professional level, um, like you need to be regimented. You absolutely need to be regimented because you need to be making sure that I'm putting the best product out on the field possible. And then you're competing each and every day. So I need to make sure that I'm in the best position to compete every single day. So I need to eat right. I need to uh, manage my relationships um, in the building and outside of the building. Um, because it's, it's, it's the professional football, it will college football as well, sports as well. It's all about relationships because um, that's when you, as an athlete, you get, you, you get really um, exposed to just, I'm good, but everyone else is good. And they could win without me. Like they don't really need me. Like I could help, I, even though I'm even, I could even be the best player. Um, I could help us win more games or do better things, but they don't absolutely need me. So it's like now it, it becomes a game of all these little things. Like, does a coach trust me? Do they respect, do my teammates respect me? Do I know what's going on around me? Do I know the plays? Can I help anyone else? Um, how am I off the field? Am I a leader? Am I, am, I, am I even a good follower? because you can't just, you can't just have a room full of leaders, you know, so, yeah, so it's, it doesn't work that way, um, unfortunately. And then, and then it's, and then the balancing of things, because the relationship part is the part that I've just seen more athletes than not. It just kind of chews them up and spits them out because, you know, their talent has got them to this level, but then how they, how they act and re and react to situations, it just, I, I, it just, it can crush them because, you know, if I, if I can't, if I don't like you, you know, I, because everything is a business at this point, I can still play you. But if I really don't like you more times than not, I'm not going to play you. I'm not going to put you out there. I, if I don't trust you, I'm not going to put you out there. Even, even I've seen people go as far as to not put guys out there because I can't see that guy win. We can't have him be the face of what's going on. So it's in it's it's a whole different reality than what's really presented to the general public about how things go, because uh, that was even something we were talking about the other day as far as just the talent level when it when you go from like professionally a lot of people think professionally that teams are like this it's really like this because there's so many there's they have this big wide uh, pool of guys that they can go and talk to and you know go play on a football team. So when it comes to the, the talent level, it's really like this. It's really like a game of inches. And it's a lot of little things that really set you apart. So when you get acclimated to that game, and like David and I have for um, a couple of years that we did play, um, it really does change you after a while. And it really changes how you uh, really attack situations. You really realize that just talent is only a small part. And that's something that's really helped us when it's come to business, as well as it's the core stuff and everything else that we've been doing is understanding that it's a game of inches in a lot of areas. And 
the more that you come fully equipped and you're instead of just being, you know, you just got a man with a hammer, you know, you got a whole set of tools. Um, and that's really what you need to be like trying to focus on is having a set of tools instead of just one in the real world, especially. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. And I think it's interesting when you know, we don't think about this, we're like, oh, professional athletes, super successful, amazing lifestyle, all these things, but you're not playing a one man sport where you're just depending on yourself. Like you guys said, you have how many guys on your roster? 180, something crazy, right? So you're literally, what was the number, David? We're good. It's 53 in the league, but then in high school and college, it's different. It's like 100 or 80, whatever. But yeah, you're good. I mean, that's crazy. And how many of those guys are on the field? 11. Uh, 11. <laughs> okay. 53 <laughs> guys made it to the professional level. And there's you're fighting for those 11 spots to be on the field, whether you're on the defense or the offensive side. Like, that's that's a lot of pressure, right? And you have to constantly, like, keep your mind, like, I'm good enough. I made it here as you're trying to get, like you said, Reggie, the recognition and build the right relationship so that you can be put in a position to be trusted. I mean, people don't see how much pressure is on you guys from a mental standpoint to have to keep your mindset in check because it's easy to check out. It's easy to say, you know, I made it, but I'm not good enough or I'm here, but that guy's fighting for my spot. And if I just take one bad step, I'm going to lose my job tomorrow. Like that's a, that's a lot of weight. Yeah, there's, there's a, there is a lot of weight, especially since it is a game of inches. And so there's, you know, I've seen guys get cut because they were around the guy who made the mistake. So (laughs) I I would have never even thought of that. Yeah. Like you didn't even make the mistake. The guy around the guy next to you did, but they said, you should have said something to it. We got to get all of you guys out of there. Like, and, um, and then keeping the negativity out as far as just, the newspaper, the articles and people saying whatever on the internet and then people- Stay away from Twitter, man. (laughs) The commentators, like those are, I have a special like place of just dislike for those guys because, you know, when you're watching a game, you really can't ever tell really who made a mistake on a play. I don't care what they're talking about because you don't know what they're coached to do. It might seem wild to people on the outside, but I've done some pretty crazy looking things on film, but I was like, my coach told me to do that. Like, that's a play. Like, <laughs> that's what we have to do. And as a commentator, it's very difficult to understand that. But really cutting all of that out, you really have to really focus. And, and the thing is, too, it's not, you can't really tell yourself, like, I'm not going to pay attention to this. I'm not going to pay attention to that. I'm not going to do that. It's like, I'm going to focus on this and put the blinders on. Like, you have to be really, really great at that. That's why I was even saying earlier, as far as, focus being really like the only one of the biggest powers you have and it's your one of your greatest assets is the ability to focus um especially in that environment but yeah because there, it's easy to just fall down that slope of negativity looking at the wrong thing focusing on the wrong things and then paying the repercussions because of it yeah so what would be your tip for the person that's listening right now saying oh my gosh i'm focusing on the things that are distracting me, like not being distracted by it, or I'm focusing on the negativity and trying to push myself away from it, but they're not actually developing focus on their purpose, on their project, on their mission, the thing that's in front of them. How do you develop that focus? What's something that we can be doing differently? 
one of the biggest things that you can do um, when it comes to focus, instead of saying, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. When you say that in your mind, you're, you're kind of telling yourself to actually focus on these things. Like, I'm not going to do this. Like, you got to say, I'm going to do this. I'm doing this solely and nothing else. And then, and then the, that's like also why meditation is such a great thing. Because, you know, the ability, I'm just going to focus on this point, that's it, nothing else matters. When things pop up, I'm just going to let it just roll and fall down. You know, that it, it takes a skill to do it, but that continuous practice of I'm just going to do this, and I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. But a big thing, too, is just, you know, to combat a lot of the negative thoughts, the thing that I've always done is... I've always brought curiosity to what I was doing instead of, you know, what if this happens bad? What if that happens bad? I don't know if I can do this. I don't know. I just think like, man, what if I do this? Like, and get excited about the curiosity of like exploring something different, finding something new out about yourself and then seeing where that takes you. And then, you know, I really haven't been let down since. So that I would say that's probably one of my like keys. That's huge. David, do you want to add to that? Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, it, like what Reggie was saying, you know, you don't want to do this, you don't want to do this. What it really does is it points your mind, your mindset, right, towards, you know, thinking of that, right? And, and it's like the law of attraction and all that stuff. It's like, that's what you begin to manifest. But what you need to focus on is putting your mind, your mind energy towards, uh, you know, like, figuring out the formula for what it is that you actually want to create right so all right i want to do this i want to create this business all right so how do i do that or what do i need to do what are some of the steps that i need to take in order to do that and then you start taking those steps that's it and and that's what it is but when you're like oh i don't want to do this i don't want to do that then you do that right like oh like what's the worst that could happen and then something the worst thing happens it's like okay (laughs) like that's what it is and and it really is, it's like, what are you paying attention to, right? What are you paying, what are you tending to? You're paying attention. What are you paying, what are you tending to? And that's what you need to do. And you only have so much bandwidth, right? Humans are like computers. We only have so much bandwidth. So you need to, you, you only, you need to use your brain power that you have, that bandwidth to focus on the actual thing that you want to create. And that's, yeah. I love that so much. What you focus on increases where your mind goes, your energy goes and where the energy goes, you're amplifying and creating more, whether it's abundance or scarcity, success or fear. You know what I mean? So it's really important that we realize, and that's like in the practice of yoga, right? So we're talking about how do we develop focus? Well, doing a moving meditation, like yoga, doing breath work, seated meditation. These are things where as human beings, we sit down and we start to notice the monkey mind how we're, how scatterbrained we truly are, which if we're always in a state of doing, 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 running, 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 going, 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 we don't realize how much our brain is like all over the place on 100 different things at any given moment. But when you're actually told to be still and to literally be, you start to notice, oh my gosh, I'm judging myself, or I'm thinking about this, or I'm focusing on what happened yesterday, or I'm worried about what might happen tomorrow. And you're like, this is kind of crazy how the human brain works. We have so many thoughts going on at any given moment, but if you don't practice stillness 
to notice that and then not to judge yourself or get attached to it. Allow it to, like you said, Reggie, roll and go, roll and go and just start to practice on being fully present, being fully aware, focusing on the one thing. Maybe you do a candlelit meditation, right? Focus on the flame on the flicker. Maybe you do an eating meditation, take a little clementine, a tangerine and focus on the color and the smell and the flavor. It helps us get more present. It helps us get more grounded. And as you were talking, David, I wrote this out here. If you guys are watching the YouTube, I wrote on a piece of paper focus, which stands for follow on course until successful. That's what the power of focus does. You follow on course, you stay present, you stay hyper tuned into that vision. And like you said, David, thinking about all the tactical things you have to do, the actions that we have to take in order to successfully make that vision a reality. Now let's talk about that for a second. If we're only focusing on actions and doing and planning, but we're not focused on the thinking and what's happening in the brain and our mental side, then the actions are not going to be congruent to what we're trying to manifest. I'll go back another step. In holistic health, if we think about the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual body, right? The most important of the three, I would say, is the mental. The reason why I say that is because human beings, the way that we have been created is we have a brain. And our brain controls all aspects of our body. So it controls if we can move our limbs. It controls if our lungs can breathe. It controls if our digestive system is working correctly. But the most important thing that it controls is the neuro pathways in our brain, the thoughts that we have, right? That are then going to be forming our, our beliefs, our values, and every thought, then you have a thought, I have a positive thought. Okay. I'm badass. Okay. I'm going to be super successful. Okay. I'm going to create world change. Then that thought, what does it do? It triggers something in you then then leads to that action that you're going to take. So if you're just focused on actions, oh my gosh, I have to, you know, run and do this. I have to go meet that person. I have to be on this TV show, whatever, but you're not focusing on what's happening upstairs in your brain. The quality of your actions may not be in line with getting you to that success point. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. It just makes me think of something that I, uh, I tell myself all the time is it's all about the setup. It's all about the setup. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, it may, yeah, because um, like I do a lot of, uh, because, you know, I've been, you know, I've been, I've, I've gone through a lot of abuse. David has as well, but, you know, as far as mental, physical, sexual, and then um, with some of the things, some of the effects of going through that. Um, one of the things that I do is I will do a lot of belly breathing because, you know, as far as the thoughts coming in, you're not, it's, it's hard to control thoughts popping up. Like I could see a yellow sticker and think bus, or, you know, or like it, it is just going to pop up, but you have things that need to get done and you need to focus on those things. So when all that stuff is popping up, I will just start doing, you know, in, in four pause, pause for two out for six. And then I would just continue that and, to, and then just focus on that one thing until it just like, and you know, after doing it for a while, it's gonna pop up and then it's just gonna roll down. You just gotta give it a sec. Um, and yeah, it's it's very important, but, but I always do that to get my mind set up first. That's why I like go on a lot of walks throughout the day to just make sure, okay, you know, I'm feeling this, I'm thinking this, okay, let me just like run, burn it off. Or just like, sometimes I'll just sit in it for a second because sometimes you have those thoughts that just won't go away, won't go away. It feels like it's chasing you. 
well, I'll just let it catch me sometimes. And um, even though, and even though I might, might make me feel a certain way, you know, positive or negative um, to any degree, I just sit with it and just try to understand it because, you know, from years and years of, you know, especially with the abuse running from things and then knowing how damaging that can be, you know, I make sure that I just, I have to sit in it. Like I have to give myself that time. And then the thing is too, what you realize with some of those negative thoughts that you're having or quote unquote negative thoughts, sometimes you really do need to see any of those things because they're really making, they're trying to tell you something that's really important you need to know. It's not every time that it's like, oh, it's, I'm, I'm not thinking clearly. Like, no, maybe you just kind of skipped over things and your body and your mind is telling you like, hey bro, chill out. Like you need to go back to that. So, but controlling yourself and really focusing on your mind first, um, it just makes you all in all just more complete and successful at the end. It makes things so much easier for you in the end. Now I know our audience and there's a high level executive CEO listening. That's like, y'all, I ain't got no time for that. Or I know there's a mother that's listening with toddlers and teenagers and doing all the activities and running from sport to sport and trying to like change all the diapers that's saying, I don't have time for that. How can I make time to sit and meditate or to work on my belly breath? How do you find time to go out and walk? I, I want, let's first talk to the executive, the executive that's saying they have no time because when they exchange what they're doing, right. To go on that walk, they think they're missing opportunities. They're yeah. saying no to revenue generating activity. Speak to the executive for a second and why it's important that they make that time. So the job of an executive, your job, you're, you're the thinker of your company, right? The leader of your company. The hardest thing to do in the business is think. You have to come up with the ideas that make the money. You have to create healthy environments for your employees. And so the best way to do that is to slow your ass down, look at what you have in front of you <laughs> and, and come up with the best solution, right? And figure that out. A lot of times people get scared into making decisions because they're trying to hurry up and rush things and then they get asked out when they, then they mess up and the business deal isn't what they wanted it to be, or they overlooked something or whatever, they didn't take into consideration. If you take the deep breath and look at it and look at things from, a, take a step away from the fire, right? And because a lot of people are making decisions too close to the fire and then they get burned. Take a step back, look at this perspective, look at this perspective. And that's what meditation does. It allows you to break things down in painstaking detail. And when you're, when you're manifesting or whatever you want to call it, right, or you're trying to build something, it's best that you look at it in painstaking detail as best as you can. And so, um, yeah, that. Yeah, and to add too to what David, especially what David was saying, especially when it comes to the executive, you know, I think a lot of professions where you're go, 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 a lot of things have to be done, you're working a lot of hours, you think I can't scope out I can't like shape off time to myself to get things done that I need to get done for myself and the thing that you have to do is integration it really is um because when it comes to a lot of these jobs there really isn't a balance between you know my job and and my family and then stuff I want to do it's really you have to integrate these things just like like I was telling you about the breathing like I the four to six like I do that throughout the day like no matter what I'm doing, I, I'll be on a call. Like even on this call, what we've been doing right now, I, I do it. Like I do it all the time. 
And it's a habit that you sit there and, and you're, you bring it to your conscious, like I want to form this habit. And then you figure out ways to integrate into your life and what you're doing all the time, because I have three kids. And um, of course, you know, a, a, a newborn and then a six-year-old and then a 12-year-old, and they all have different issues. And you're going to get faced with all those different issues. And it's, you know, and as a parent, it's very difficult to level yourself. So it's like, instead of just like when the time comes, uh, I'm going to focus on my breathing and do that now. Like, no, before it even comes, it's like I focus on the breathing or I focus on what I want to do. And then when I have those times to myself, like even if I go to the bathroom and I have any time to myself or I'm driving or I'm getting some food, like I take that time you do have those times. It's not like it's constant, you know, 12 hours or 13, 14, 15 hours that it's just straight, don't have any time to think. Like a lot of times, a lot of people like to make excuses because I can't just meditate for one minute, two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes. Like dude, two minutes or five minutes or 10 minutes is better than no minutes. And when it comes down to this, so really you need to figure out how to like integrate these things into your life. Exactly. I was laughing as you said that, because as a mother, like literally when I need time to just myself, I run into the bathroom and I hide in there. Even if it's only for four minutes, I'm like, this is my one time where nobody bother me. And I have books in my bathroom. So I'll sit there and I'm like, let me just read three pages real quick. I have a meditation journal in there. So I'll like journal in there and just get my thoughts and my feelings and my emotions out. Cause if we're harboring these feelings and we're just pushing them down, pushing them down, they live in our body, right? And they cause physical pain. Like literally, I have so many of my clients that come to me for yoga and Pilates. They're like, Niki, like my hips hurt so bad and my back hurts. So I'm like, all right, let's talk about how you're feeling today. Like, mm-hmm. do you feel secure, stable, grounded? Do you feel safe? And they're like, no, like I'm arguing with so-and-so and like business is crazy and the pandemics hurt everything and all these things. And I'm like, well, let's work through those feelings because we're talking about holistic health now, right, David? what you're harboring emotionally and running away from is oftentimes manifesting in your physical body. It's not just muscle tension. It's emotional tension too. It's trauma. So I want to dive into your trauma stories since you opened up that door and you allowed yourself to be vulnerable. Um, Reggie, let's start with you. Talk to me about what you believe got you to being highly successful in the national football league I think there's a story about what you've gone through from childhood and beyond that really fueled the fire for you to be hyper successful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I was telling you earlier, I've, you know, I've gone through a lot of mental abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. Um, I feel like, no, I understand that the first 27 years, I would say, cause I'm 35 now, I would say it was filled with a lot of trauma, a lot of trauma, a lot of abuse. Um, but throughout that, sports was really like a safe haven for me. And I really felt that through sports, I could be happy. Um, and, it, and at the time, I didn't really realize that that wasn't really the healthiest thing, but it drove me. Because at this point, I was very, I was, re- I couldn't, I couldn't really I couldn't communicate my emotions, what was going on inside. I didn't feel safe to do it. I wasn't comfortable with doing it. It took a long time to get to that point. So I let all of my emotions out on the football field. And then I felt I could, with that tool of football, um, once I get to this point, I'll be happy. But then the thing was about it, I went through all that stuff, went through a whole bunch of crap, 
got to this point and then realized like, whoa, like I'm still a miserable guy. Like I'm still, what's going on? But then luckily um, I did actually start meditating and I, I did actually start thinking about things differently up until this period of time. And it was crazy to me to realize that the thing that I was looking for the whole time, like it, start, it should have started with me. It should have started with me. Um, and I didn't have to, it's not gonna come from the outside and no matter how much money I make or how many people say they love me or how many people I have around me, it's, it has to start with me first. And when I realized that, it was crazy because I meditated on it. The thought popped up, like, why are you doing this? Like, like, and I realized I'm doing this to prove all this stuff to people to be happy. And I feel like this is the only way. And then I realized this is not the way. Um, went home, ate dinner, um, had a nice drive home um, in San Diego, ate dinner, fell asleep, woke up, and the, the whole desire to play football was gone. It was literally like overnight. Like I woke up like, and I never picked it back up. Like the whole anger that the chip on my shoulder that I was carrying around all these years, the boulders I was carrying around, uh, when it came to just trying to be happy at that point, it was just like, no, I felt like that was my first day where I realized happiness starts with me. You found your peace, your serenity. It's like everything that you'd been feeling and you're running away from those feelings, right? And then you're using the football field to release those emotions. Like that's where you vented. That's where you were actually clearing and cleansing yourself, which is so scary to think that you take your whole life to get to the professional stage and your career might only last for three years, but you were using the field and your sport to heal your emotional trauma, your mental trauma. And then what happens when that's gone, then you're stuck with the trauma still. And that's where the feelings of loneliness come the worthiness. I mean, I feel, I feel for athletes when it comes to that last day, because many of you don't leave the way that you left Reggie. Like you made a decision to leave. Most guys is like, they're fighting for their position. They're fighting for a job. And the end just comes before they were even ready. It's like, okay, the teams don't want me anymore. There's no more contract or this guy, you know, that was coming up behind me. He took my spot and now I'm done. And they weren't prepared for the end. And it's like, well, now what? Yeah. I spent my whole life training for this. Now what do I do? Yeah, I, I was, I good? I was, yeah, I feel like I was lucky in a lot of ways because I started diving into myself um, around my second year and I had a handful of really amazing individuals that forced that really got me into some great individuals hands. I, so I did a little bit of therapy when I started being okay with uh, even telling my teammates that like, yeah, I had gotten sexually abused. I was dealing with this. And then even understanding that this is a problem that affected like everybody, as far as this mental abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. When I told everybody that what happened to me, the shocking thing was every other, every guy, I can't even remember someone that I didn't talk to who said that same thing didn't happen to me. And um, it really made me like the blinkers started going on as far as just like, bro, this, like there's a bigger thing that you're kind of missing here instead of just like using football as a tool. Like it's just a tool, you know? And uh, I, I was lucky in a lot of ways. So I started on a journey a lot earlier than most people really get to do that. On. David, I feel like you want to speak to that. I feel your, your heart right now is like, I can relate to that, but it, it's crazy, man. To, to think about, 
people really truly don't understand. And I think I can understand this because I'm married to an athlete that's now retired and he didn't retire when he wanted to. It was like, you know, the arm just wasn't doing what the arm was, was supposed to do anymore. And teams were like, sorry, bro, you don't throw 97 anymore. Like we got younger cats that are not going to cost as much as you do. So, you know, go have a good life. You know what I mean? And I remember like my husband did really well with it. He, he wasn't like, oh my gosh, my life is over, whatever. But I've seen a lot of other guys that were, and a lot of them don't find what you found Reggie. I mean, you were lucky to find it when you were in the sport and David, what was it like for you? Did you, did you start to sense that while you were playing or did you have a different experience? Uh, like <clears throat> I had, it was a really, it was an interesting journey for me. Um, I started, you know, you know, doing, you know, me from three, like the 300 pound vegan and all that stuff and doing all the documentaries and all that. And I started a lot of our, a lot of our audience doesn't know that. So talk about that for a second. You're six foot five, six foot six, where's 300 pounds. And then you switch to vegan, fell down yeah. to 65. And they're like, yo, you're a linebacker. Like you gotta, you gotta put the weight back on as a defensive man. Right. Right. And then I, and then I got my weight up to 320 pounds on a plant-based diet. Um, and I was doing that uh, because I had high blood pressure, tendinitis, they had me on high blood pressure meds and all that stuff. Then I reached out to doctors and dietitians and figured out how to do it. And then I did that. And, um, and so, um, but to what Reg was talking about is like, that, that helped me with my transition because it started, I started branching into other spaces in the, in the creative space. I started doing music events and all that kind of stuff and the documentaries and all that. But it was still a hard transition out, right? Um, when your identity becomes, you know, your identity for your whole life has been football, right? And then it was funny because I remember growing up and my mom was like, you're going to go play football because we lived in South Central Los Angeles. And, you know, football was a way to keep you off the streets, right? And we live like right in the middle of a, you know, bloods on this side of the street, crips on that side of the street. It was bad. So we had to do it. And we were big, right? Um, but it becomes your whole life. And then, you know, and people associate that with you and that's why they love you. They want to come to all your games and this, that, and the other. And then when football's over, then a lot of those people don't even talk to you anymore. They all disappear. And it's just crazy. And it's just like, damn. And it makes you think about a lot of those things. And then what Reg was talking about is like, you know, I had to really learn how to re-love myself again, right? Because it, it makes you really think about your value in this world when a lot of your friends and family, right, they they real they show their who their true character when they disappear when when the games are not playing anymore, and um, that does a lot of damage to you, and that does it to the, a lot of college kids, right? I know there's there's kids who don't even receive any attention from their their father or their mother until they start doing well in sports, and that's traumatizing, right? And so and and there's a lot of these things that that you know a lot of people that we you know, we don't deal. And that's probably a conversation that we need to have more as a people, because that's, that's very toxic environment. And that's what we're creating for our own selves. And we have to just really start talking about it, because that's bad. So um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's like the more common, you're right, right? Like 99% of athletes that they finish as a professional, they experience what you experience, David, it's, it's a little bit lonely, it's confusing, it's scary. Um, and they don't have the experience that Reggie had where he was like, you know what, I'm going to work on self-discovery now, finding my purpose, my mission now, 
and what you experienced and went through became your purpose. And you're like, whoa, I just was in the locker room and I told the guys like, this is what happened to me. You know, I, I, I was molested. I was abused mentally, emotionally, physically, sexually. And everyone started to say me too. And that's when you kind of saw like, I have something bigger to do here. And that's where you found your peace. But that's not, that's not the norm for a lot of guys. Now, one thing that I want to highlight for the audience about your story, Reggie, is you've been very open about saying this, that during your journey of healing, you did go to two treatment facilities. And it was in those treatment facilities that you were given the tools and you built the relationships with the people that were going to support you to find your healing. But you actually created the Personal Mastery School, which is a program to help others, right? Oh yeah, it's game now. Yeah, it's gone through a metamorphosis. Like yeah, yeah. But I did. It was definitely called that originally. Yeah, uh-huh. and now it's now is it called Game Within the Game? Yeah, the Game Within the Game course. Yeah, it's gone through a crazy. Yeah, um, a- evolution as all things should, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm very open about the fact that I I did do two treatment stays, and to be honest, like I'll probably keep going. Um, every now and then throughout my life because it was a great resource Um, and then it really showed um, me to me and I needed to be in that type of environment because when you've gone through as much abuse and trauma that I've gone through it was it was like the only place I could go whereas just 30 days just focusing on you and um, getting it out like just getting it out and um, yeah, I'm extremely grateful that I went. And it, it also it also really made put things in perspective as far as I thought that it's like, oh, I'm going to a quote unquote crazy house and I'm going to um, I'm going to this treatment center and a bunch of people here are not like me and how could they ever be there? And then you have these groups with these people and you talk to them. There was people there with traumatic brain injuries, heroin addicts, uh, uh all different alcoholics uh and then the thing is too when you talk about your story and why you did what you did and why you're feeling the way that you're feeling everybody in the same room is the same person in a way it's just i played football you did that you did drugs you chose sex you chose this you did that you did that but at its core is like there's a reason why people are the way that they are and if you really spend the time to just you know, be a little empathetic and I try to understand what that is, you could, you could form more bonds and build more bridges with people than walls. And yeah, that's what I was saying. Like I always would go, I, I will keep going. Like David and I were talking about it uh, not even too long ago. I was like, man, I, I would love to go again. Um, I don't see it as a bad thing. To be honest, I feel like a lot of people <laughs> need to go <laughs> to a treatment center because that those 30 days of just being able to focus on yourself and sit through all of the, the filth that accumulates over the years and just to get that out and wipe it clean, it's a huge thing. That's why like, you know, retreats are a big thing. And, you know, to me, that's my retreat. Like I'm going to go hang out and get some therapy and, and eat some great food and <laughs> cool people and, you know, just get it out like that. I, I have, I see no problem with it. I think it's powerful, especially for the doers. It forces you to be, it forces everything else to just stop so that you can focus and tune in. You know what I love about the two of you, we met on breakfast with champions. You guys were doing a segment together, being interviewed by my big sister, Amelia Antonetti. And I was like, man, these guys have a good vibe, like great energy. And it's almost like, David, I feel like you are Reggie's accountability partner. 
Like you keep him on the straight and narrow. Like Reggie's like the visionary. He's got the idea, right? And then you're like, man, I am with that. Like I'm a mental health advocate, I, you know, but you're trying to keep him on the straight and narrow. And I think it's the power of working together, right? In community, having a mentor, having a friend that you can go to that's like sees you for who you really are. But like you said, also may understand the areas of opportunity where your strength may be Reggie's weakness and vice versa. You guys can collaborate and hold each other um, to creating, manifesting your vision into a reality. Would you agree that that's the synergy that you guys have? Yeah, most definitely. One, me and Reggie are like brothers anyway. Um, and we play football together. So, and I, I'm, we're both on the defensive side of the ball. And so like, it just, it's just natural for us to fall into that, uh, into those roles. Uh, because my job on the field was to be the defensive lineman and to protect and, and to the, like, make sure none of the offensive linemen got up on him, right? So he can go make the tackle. And then, or he would do that and we would switch up and he would make sure that, you know, whatever, we run a game. And so it's just really funny that that's how our business life, our business, you know, relationship is, is that like, all right, bro, like we see what the play, what the, what the formation is ahead of us, what the mission is, all right, how are we going to attack? And then we do that. And I don't, I don't go into his lane. I'm not this, the, the, you know, the quick linebacker guy, I'm the big defensive lineman. So let me do this. And then you go and do that, bro. And then let's get, let's win this. And that's, and that's how it works. And, you know, and that's the best way for us, you know, like, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm more of a, I'm an entrepreneurial mindset, a business mind. I took, went to, took some classes and I went to school, did all that stuff for, it. and, um, you know, and Reg is that Reg went to school for mental health and he's a great writer and a great speaker. I'm sure you hear that. Right. And so it's like we put together and we work together and we were able to figure out, all right, this is what we want. This is what we want. And we started there, but then our vision got bigger as we went along and bigger than we could even imagine. And it's just great when you're working along someone aside, alongside someone like that, who you could bounce off energy or be open and honest with and really trust, right? That they're gonna do the best thing in your nature for, for, the, for you and they're gonna do the best thing for them. And that's really cool. And um, yeah, man, so yeah, bro. I appreciate working with you, Reg, man. Yeah, bro, yeah, bro. <laughs> Same, yeah, and it is like a, it's like we, we, we always talk amongst each other as like, like, like a fullback and like a running back. Like I lead, I, I'm the fullback sometimes, he's the fullback sometimes, like, and then it's like we switch off in those roles. Um, I lead the way for you. You lead the way for me because um, with a lot of stuff that goes on, we, we are each other's accountability coaches in a lot of those ways. And then sometimes I might be a visionary in some areas and David's a visionary in some areas, but we both we both can switch as far as just like I was telling you earlier, like you can't lead, you, you can't have a whole room full of leaders. Like sometimes David will lead, sometimes I will lead. And, but as far as like our big thing is just getting the job done, like and keeping egos in check and all of that. All like, the way out. There's all no, the way egos, there's the no pride, like no pride. <laughs> like that, I, all gone. Like whatever needs to get done is getting done however it needs to get done. And, uh, and let's get this done as quickly as possible. Whatever needs to happen, this gets happened. And we both really check each other when it comes to that, because our whole, our whole mindset is on the bigger thing. And you guys are hyper-focused. Yeah. yeah. Hyper. And, and then being honest with each other. Right. And then being able to, like you said, no ego, right? Like 
sometimes Reggie tells me some stuff. I'll be like, damn, I gotta fix that. Hey, bro, hey, bro, you messing up, bro. You screwing us on here. You screwing us on this, man. Ah, oh, damn. All right. I guess I gotta evaluate. I gotta go meditate and figure out how I'm gonna fix this about myself. You gotta do it. And it's only fair. And it's fair. It's it's like you have to have a, a, a business partner who you could who could tell you something like that. And they're not gonna tell you something to try to make a dig on you, right? They're like, it's not a jab. It's like we need a win, man. <laughs> and they're, just, they're real with you. And, and you need yeah. to have that. Like, you don't want to have that cheerleader in the corner. It's like, oh my gosh, David, you're great. Reggie, you're amazing. Like, you need to have that mentor that's like, they see your strengths are going to uplift you, keep you focused. But when they see you slip, they're going to call you out. And that person for me is Amelia. Like Amelia, we, we straight up had breakfast two weeks ago, face to face. And she was like, everything you're doing is going to lead you to a divorce. And I was like, damn. but she was straight up real with me she's like I see your vision I know who you are but everything that you're doing like it's it's gonna continue to create separation between the life that you and your husband want to create and the life that you are creating literally with your actions and you need to have that person that's raw and real with you to say hey you need to stop you need to push pause like you need to reevaluate the situation because what you think you want to do or what you think you're creating is actually not what's happening because they see things that you can't see. Right. Exactly. That's why it's so exactly. And they're not telling you what to do or not telling you. They're like, look, here go the facts. Look it up for yourself. This is why I'm saying it's not, not a, a person who's going to like manipulate you or whatever. A person that's going to be like, this is what I'm seeing. Here go the facts. Boom, boom, boom. Check it out for yourself. And then we can have a discussion about this. Right. And then leave it at that. And then those are the kind of people that you want. You don't want someone to be like, no, you ain't that, 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 that's not helping. Like you need to point me in the right. If you're going to tell me something, at least give me something to, to, to like do some research and figure out a solution. Yeah. Right. Even vice versa. Say you're like a star athlete. What happened, what you'll see a lot is a lot of star athletes are how people will have people around them that just tell them everything that's good about them. Like I, I know, I know a certain athlete that had two people around them at all times that all they did was just speak positivity to them all the time. Um, and that that you, creates some mental about, weakness right there. <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's like because but the people who are the most valuable, the people who just tell it to you straight, like at least like and just like David was saying, it's not like. I'm going to come with facts. I'm coming with information. I'm not just saying like, oh, you're a dumbass and get out of here. It's like, no, you're being, you're being a dumbass and this is how you're being a dumbass. And this is why, and this is what's going to happen if you do this. Like the, the because, the why behind it. Yeah. And having that with David is like, yeah, because you have, there'll be some conversations David and I have, and it might seem like it's a full blown argument, but it's like, we both are really passionate guys about our points. But at the end of the days, like at the end of the day, we're going to have our ears open too, because it's like, damn, if he made a point, like maybe I need to get out of my own feelings. Like I need to check myself. And I'm glad that you have that with Amelia because Amelia is awesome. Amazing. And she will tell you what it is. <laughs> like straight up. I'm going to tell you what it is. Hey, Amen. Like you just need to hear it. And it is some of the most valuable, some of the most valuable information you can get in life is some of the most painful on the outside it's like it's like a ball of light covered in spikes like it's going to cut you but then as soon as it gets in there and then the spikes dissipate like you're going to be better because of it it's like um but you need that 
you know, and then the thing is too, is like, you, you don't really need that wall up when it comes to the information, as far as like, if I hear something, it's just going to crush me. Like that, like maybe you should check that within yourself. Why, if I hear some things, it's going to crush me, you know? So, and with David and I, like, we really check each other on those things, um, which is, is, it's incredibly invaluable. Uh, to say and that. asking why a lot of the times, right? Not just, you know, why why are we doing this why why are you feeling like this what is the what is the root issue here so we can you know solution a very solution oriented is i feel like our our business relationship is very business is very solution oriented and that's how you got it because otherwise you're just going back and forth and you're not doing anything and you're not going anywhere what's the what's the point yeah we're all doing we're, we're doing all of this talking so we could go out there and like shoot jays like yeah like we got to shoot like if we're not putting ourselves in a position to like shoot and like actually like take on the opportunities to do you know we can't get anything done we were not going to get anything done just hoping and wishing and just talking like we gotta talk and then go do stuff and then sometimes it's gonna it's not gonna be how we want it to be it, we're gonna make a ton of mistakes but then we go back hit the drawing board and keep going it's like we got to build, measure, going. learn, feedback loop. Yeah, build, measure, learn, like the whole time. And we got to keep ourselves in that part. And then we can't learn things if we can't talk about things. And right. if I can't tell, I can't be open with David about what I'm feeling and he can't be open with me and we're holding this stuff in together. And then it's just building animosity slowly over time. And then eventually it's just going to pop. You know, and we both understand that because we both understand that with some of the other relationships we've had with people and, and we know better at this point. <laughs> like, that's a big thing that we were even saying in the breakfast club, like, man, all those people that yes, men, the people that are just going to tell you nothing but positivity all the time, won't tell you about yourself. And like, man, I don't like having those people around me. I don't feel comfortable having those people around me. Um, because if you get damn, you get one good, one good person like that around you, just telling you, yes, 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 all the time. And then you fall on your face and you see what happens to that yes person. They're going to be gone. <laughs> They're going to be out of there <laughs> and you're going to be left alone wondering like, dang, I should, wish I didn't do that. Wish I would have just listened to someone else than other than someone else just making me feel good all the time. So 100%. Yeah. 100%. I love where this conversation just shifted to the power of collaboration. Um, but I do want to respect your time. I know we, we slotted for an hour interview and I appreciate you both for being here with me today for your transparency, for your vulnerability, for your insight. Um, I'd love to invite you back for a part two, where we talk about the power of collaboration and accountability, if you should cho choose to go there. But before we go ahead and say goodbye to the audience, I want to highlight some of the amazing things that you're doing right now this project that you're both working on together out in Kansas, which is actually the same as your book, The Game Within the Game. You can find it on Amazon. For those of you that are listening, check out the show notes. We'll have a link for the book in the show notes below. We're also going to have a link for Reggie Walker's TEDx talk. It's a very powerful um, conversation about the importance of mental health. So please take a listen to that. But I want to really dive into this course that you guys have created. It's called The Game Within the Game. It's already in the Forbes business schools and in a couple Ivy League schools, which we cannot name yet today, but keep your eye open for that. But talk to me about The Game Within the Game. It's mental health. It's helping athletes. And it's helping. It's really helping answer the questions, right, about what they're dealing with, where they're at, where they're going, and how to lead a good, successful, productive life. I love that. Talk to me about the goal. Yeah. So. 
the inspiration behind um, writing game within a game um, in because at first it was a book and a course and then they just combined it and then it made it to like a college course. Um, yeah, so the inspiration behind it was just being an athlete and going into this new world from since like after high school going to this college world where um, my talent just isn't the biggest thing here anymore. Like it's completely different. And then as far as just, you don't have a lot of access to people who have done this before and have gone through these things that can literally just like, like tell you how to go about this process. Like, how should I be thinking, like putting things in parameters for you as far as just like, yeah, they want you to focus. You hear all these really broad statements in, in the athletic world as far as it's like, you need to focus, you know, like, what do I need to focus on though? Like, what's the important thing I need to be focused on? Why do I need to focus on this? Being in an athletic world too, especially with a lot of coaches and how things get, get done, because not everybody is a great communicator. Um, not everyone is the same in that manner is, you know, you don't hear why. You don't hear why should I be doing these things? Why should I be going about these things this way? But really, because when I was going throughout the process and a lot of athletes going throughout that process are trying to be successful and use the tools of um, athletics to be successful in athletics and otherwise, you don't have that person that's just done it that could just tell you like, man, bro, like, like go here, don't do that. And this is why, <laughs> like, hey man, like, you need to be focusing on this and this is why you need to be focused on this. Um, this is what you need to be thinking about. This is how you need to be planning for yourself. This is how you need to be thinking for yourself. This is how you're gonna be dealing with people on the field, off the field, this is how you're gonna lead. Um, but I wanted to make, I wanted to combine a lot of things in one as far as this, I knew that, you, you know, as a mind goes, the body follows. So they need to understand how to use their mind and understand that the, the environment itself is, feel it's toxic stress. This is not, this ain't regular stress. It's toxic stress. It goes in your pores. It gets to your bones. It's, you know, you're 17, 18, 20, 21, 22, you're still developing and, you know, you're on TV or you get screamed at, you're getting yelled at, people are, you're on a, you're at school and everybody knows who you are and you have all these new things to deal with. And having somebody or something that could help me understand how to process all this information, you just never had to do it because how I figured things out was just falling on my face a thousand times, making a million mistakes and then just continuously like picking myself up and just learning from the mistakes. And I wanted to create this course um, in this book to help kids like not do half the stuff I did <laughs> because a lot or half the stuff that I've seen other athletes do in, in a lot of different sports that when you, a lot of it was just, it was completely avoidable, but you know, you don't know what you don't know. And I wanted to just put things in parameters. And then as far as this, like, and David has like taken on this mission with me because I remember just like showing him this and he was just like, bro, like this got to get out to the masses. And when it came to like the business side of things, like I know, I didn't know anything about it. So it was just like, wait, so David and, and what he brought to the table with his vision and he made me even see it a lot bigger than I had even seen it. Um, because, and, you know, thank God David came because I didn't, I didn't know where this could, where this could go, where this could lead to. Um, but he, we've both taken on this mission, like, and it's been an awesome thing. 
I love what you wrote in your bio. My goal is to help those who don't have guidance, learn the essentials to guiding themselves towards their dreams and their goals, to find peace and confidence within themselves, to learn the techniques to being a master strategist in their own lives and dealing with the issues or the problems, to have the knowledge and system of effectively solving problems in their own lives and be equipped with the knowledge to plan with an emphasis on fluidity, the ability to flow as life has its ebbs and flows. I want others to learn all these skills and more so they can win the battle against their biggest enemy, which is themselves and the unknown. Those are the two things that we should be the most fearful of itself and the unknown so that we can move with confidence and tenacity towards our life mission. You guys, I love your hearts. I love your mission. I am right there, not only cheering you on, but I'm here to support you in any way that I can. So please let me know if there's anything that I can do to get the word out there. Um, once the course is all approved, I will, I will put it on all the different social platforms. We'll do another interview just to really focus on getting that course out to every single school in the country and in the world. Cause I think, you know, football right here, NFL, there's football in Europe and they're going through very similar things. So I think this is a global initiative that I'm a hundred percent down to support. Um, for those of you that are listening, you can go ahead and find and stay in touch with David Carter and Reggie Walker on Instagram. You can follow David Carter at I am David H Carter for Reggie. It's R walk five, six, R walk five, six. And then they are both active on LinkedIn. That is the best place to find them because it is the less toxic place to be. So go ahead and find Reggie Walker and David Carter on LinkedIn. My friends, I so appreciate you. Thanks for being here with me. Do you have any closing remarks before we say sayonara and see you later? Yo, we're going out there to do some yoga with you, man. You know, you know, Reggie's yoga certified. He's, he's a yogi. (laughs) <laughs> can we like co-lead a flow like i'll do the sun a you do the sun b we'll do a cool sun c what it. do you think i'm with it i love yeah. it yeah i'm with yeah. it yeah i'm with it and also too i like the documentaries david has been a part of the game changers and what the health like he's being very modest about it but like dude they're big on netflix like well, well i was gonna reach out to david and be like yo this was like a more episode focused on reggie and the mental health but we need to highlight what you're doing my friend mr david carter in the the vegan world the plant-based world because you're a big deal and we didn't even get to talk about that today so well we'll talk about it offline i got some ideas for you too bro i got you yeah, we'd love to come back on and do sure. this for sure for sure for sure yeah i appreciate you guys it was a good vibe much love much respect the light in me honors and sees the light in you namaste my friends have a blessed day thank you so much for being here with us that was another episode of the failing forward podcast if you love the conversation do me a favor subscribe we're on all the platforms spotify podcast apple you name it we're there please share it with a friend because that's what helps us get this word out to more people our mission is to help you find hope to know that you are worthy to know that you are enough and that together we can fail forward and find ourselves landing in our best lives. Have a blessed day, everyone. We'll see you soon.